Welcome to another episode of Simply Sales Marketing. Today we have with us Mark Bangs, founder of Refine Growth. Mark offers sales coaching and strategy to SaaS companies, IT and software companies. Mark, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Really Welcome, Mark. Great for you to be here. Mark hosts LinkedIn Live sales training sessions. I was fortunate enough to speak on one of them about a month ago. So great to have you on. And I've just wanted to dive into some statistics that you you sort of brought up to only 24% of salespeople hit their quota, according to Salesforce. Um, 75.7% of sellers failed to exceed their quota in 2020, which is, that's a big number. And you say the reality is most salespeople are winging it. Um, My experience, yeah. Effective coaching can improve sales rep performance by up to 102%. So, you know, we know that sales is a profession where things are constantly changing and sales people need to sharpen their skill set. Tell us first, Mark, what got you into sales? Uh, yeah, well, it's probably the typical story, really. I, I fell into it. I, did, I certainly didn't choose it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sound familiar. So what am I? Oh, I'm thinking how old I am now. So I'm 35 now. Uh, I started when I was about 19 or 20 and I had just come back from doing a little bit of traveling. I I spent about 18 months in Quebec, Canada, and I had been to college. Uh, I had done one year at music college, dropped out, did a bit of traveling. So, you know, as you can imagine, I didn't have the most impressive of of CVs, of resumes. And um, just around the corner from where I was staying, this is when I came back to England, there was a father and son, little business. They just had a sign up in their window that they were hiring, I think, probably said something like telesales executives wanted or something like that and um, it was one you know it was one of those roles where I needed it and it was kind of uh, walk in you know you can hold a conversation okay come and do a trial with us and um, yeah it was on a auto dialer system um, you know 100 150 calls a day and terrifying experience i have to say yeah i i I had no confidence uh speaking to people on the phone much less trying to sell them something yeah trial by fire shall we say but long story short basically uh, i went through a series of similar stints at you know very small companies typically typically boiler room type environments you know sales floors just rammed with people here's a phone book do your best um and i was thinking about this the other day i I didn't even use a crm until i think my fourth company Uh, because you know we we were selling things like you know like advertising spots in magazines or just it could be anything and the the attitude was often well you know if they ask for a callback or you need to send an email then just get rid of them they're they're, they're probably not going to do it so there was no point having a crm because we didn't build pipeline it was just one call kill, one call close, and if you didn't do it, then onto the next one, basically. Uh, but yeah, so I, over several years, I, I realised that hang on, there is such a thing as a sales profession. You know, there's a whole host of skill, there's a skill set that comes with that. So you know, I developed that over time and found my way to managing larger corporate accounts. Yeah, and and just I suppose, as I say, starting to view it more as a profession and as a performative skill that can be developed over time although I, did, I fell into it it's definitely not something that I regret and I can relate to you know a lot of what you say when I started back in sales it was script cold calling but very very scripted very different to what it is now and I think the attitude towards sales has changed which is great we're seeing a lot more positivity elevation of the sales profession because it definitely had this kind of barrow boy image and it wasn't respected as much as it is 
now today so that's changing what's going to have the biggest impact on sales for the future well i have a couple of thoughts but what you just said maybe it's because of uh, social you know particularly linkedin and um, just the availability of information now. I think broader kind of perception of sales has improved. Um, and I think because of that, perhaps more people, kind of like myself, have realized that, hang on, this is a profession and there is a skill set there that can be developed over time. So I think that that's, that's a really good thing. And I think that's something that will continue to improve, uh, you know, salespeople as individuals over time. Having said that, and you probably get a lot of people saying this, but AI automation is a big yep. thing because I think that while there is a huge amount of great information out there, I mean, you, you said the stats at the, the start of this, you know, there are still a lot of, I hate to say it, but lazy people out there or people that just maybe they're not coachable, they don't really want to improve or they still don't view it as as a profession and as a performative thing that they can improve upon. So not to go off on too much of a, <laughs> a monologue here, but... You, you guys probably get this every day. You get the, the messages on LinkedIn or the emails where it's like, hi, Charlotte, hi, Rob, I hope you're well. And then it's just a litany of features, right? It's just, we do this, we do that. And yeah, and it's low value add. It's templated, automated a lot of the time. And I think that in terms of changes in the future or what is going to have a big impact is a lot of that can already be automated. Some companies probably have 10 different people doing that same thing, whereas you could have one person just run in the, some sequencing tool. So I think... The sellers that aren't always striving to improve and that are just relying on templates and automation and aren't doing the research, the, the personalization, I, I really think that a lot of them will be, I don't want to say wiped out in, in coming years, but I think that they're really going to need to skill up. You know, They're really going to have to take yeah. ownership of, of, of their sales process. We've talked about this on LinkedIn. We've also shared some posts of some terrible, anonymously, of course, but emails that... Um, that get sent, you know, focus on lack of personalization. It, it's the death of the average salesperson. It's not the death of the salesperson, as, as you know, I would say for the future. Salespeople really have to invest in themselves, own their development and think about what impact that's going to have on the person that's actually reading it. You know, one of the things you talk about is having a conversation Make sure that you're having a conversation and that you're being human as well. And, and j just to go back to what you just said there, Charlotte, I think for some of my career, if I'm completely honest, I, I didn't take enough ownership, especially in the early. I put too much of the onus on my employer to train me, to, to help me develop. Yes, it, w it would be great if we all worked for employers that offered that. Or just go on LinkedIn, watch some YouTube videos, listen to some great podcasts like this. You know, there's so much content out there now that we really do need to be taking as much ownership as possible over our development. I think what, what, in my experience, what sort of drove me forward was the pandemic and having to adapt to the whole digital selling, not being able to travel, having gone from going to events, seeing people face to face nine out of 10 have struggled to adapt to this changing landscape. And now we're seeing a more of a drive to really invest in themselves. Yeah. And I think at the start of, uh, of the pandemic, I think that it was almost like a leveling effect in terms of who should be taking ownership of that, because we're, we were all, and to some extent, some of us still are 
figuring out how to navigate that, right? And how to, just how to operate day to day. Employers, employees, you know, business, everybody alike, right? So regardless of where you are in a business or if you're solo, whatever it is, you, you need to take ownership because get what I'm saying. Yeah. As you say, the successful people are the ones that are going to go and do that. And actually the rise of social has made it easier, you know, in that sense. There's so so many great accounts and people. Follow, just from following you, there's loads of insight and tips. So, you know, there's loads of content out there for people to yeah, for to sure. improve and learn what they're doing. Well, that actually interesting. The only thing I was thinking, as you talked about automation, is that actually in some ways that could also create more lazy salespeople in terms of setting that up and expecting that to do a large part of the work for them. Yeah, I think the, yeah, the cream rises to the top, right? So... And it, the opposite is true, and certain things sink to the <laughs> sink to the yeah. bottom. So, I think that yeah, the, the people that leverage the tech undeniably is going to play an increasing role in our personal and professional lives in the coming years. Those that leverage it in an intelligent way, while still retaining that that human element that uh, Charlotte alluded to, I think these are the people that will be successful. Whereas the people that use it just to do dumb things at scale or faster, not going to achieve the same results. I think. Yeah. And so if you had to describe sales in, in three words, what, what would you use? So human to human, absolutely. Uh, nice. So regardless of whether you're B2B, B2C, you know, ultimately we're, we're people, we're mammals. Yes, there are different dynamics depending on size and complexity of deal and industries and whatnot, but ultimately we're, we're people. Um, and I think that a lot of us forget that sometimes and try and try and push, push. Uh, I have my process, I have my methodology, my discovery framework or whatever, you know, and to try and push people through that and just robotically ask questions. The other three words that come to mind are something that um, I talk about this quite a lot, actually. It's uh, from, well, I'll say it first. So it's sales is the transference of belief. And this is from a book called Combo Prospecting by Tony Hughes. Who is also and Charlotte will know this. Uh, he's also co-author. I've read it. Of, yeah, tech, yeah <laughs> good, good, good book. Yeah, he's co-author of Tech Power Sales as well. And I love this. You know, it's. Um, I think he, Tony Hughes probably does a far better job of explaining it than me. But fundamentally, we have to believe in what we do, in the positive outcomes that we can help uh, another person or another organization achieve, and what you know, whatever it may be. When we have that belief, I feel like that, that breeds a certain kind of passion, a certain kind of enthusiasm and energy in how we communicate. And to tie it back to what I was saying about human to human, people pick up on that. It's Yes, it's important to, to say the right things, but it's how we say it, how we communicate. And especially now that we're disconnected and most of the time we're talking to people through Zoom or mediums such as this, it's just... I just feel like if you've got that passion, that belief, then you, you're transferring that to the other person and they're going to believe that as well. Yes, there needs to be a business case for it, but ultimately it's, it's about transferring that passion to the other person. Yeah, yeah it's That's a great, great point. And I think with transference of belief, you believe in your product, but you also have to fall in love with your prospects' problems. So it's falling in love with those problems, being passionate about wanting to solve them and provide them with a solution to solve those problems that's where sales is now whereas previously it was here's my solution here are the features here are the benefits that's died a death i'm still getting emails though from salespeople where all it does is talk about their solution how it's going to help me without any reference to sort of me as a person as a human and what problems that you know typically i might be facing 
Yeah, and and I think when you do understand, you know, the status quo, the objectives, the the the, the pain points or the challenges of the the other person or organisation, you can it, it takes that belief and that passion to another level, right? See, I oh, see, I could go on a lot of tangents here because I could start talking about curiosity and empathy for other people and things like that, and it becomes a little bit woo woo or conceptual. But I think these things are so important. We we talk, and you see this a lot on LinkedIn. We talk a lot about um, here's a cold call opener or an email. A template or a sequence and things like this and we talk a lot about the tech but you know you could have 10 different people that deliver the exact same message but only one or two of them may be successful because it's how they're doing it and it, as I say it's how they're tying it to the, the problem they're solving and the delivery that they're, you know, how they're delivering it. Perfectly put. Yeah. Let's bring marketing into the mix. Rob's so, feeling left out. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you know, you're, you're a salesperson, but actually same vein, you generate your own business. You're really active on social. You, you've built a personal brand. So in terms of those that you've worked with, how do you find it's best to align sales and marketing as, as a function? We need to talk more, don't we? <laughs> we yeah. to, that's a, probably a good start. You know, coming from the smaller end of, of SME, you know, I, I've seen it where different teams don't talk to each other. You know, you have these very clicky environments or cultures and um, it's very, you know, the typical thing is siloed and, and everyone's doing their own thing or whatever. One thing, and um, this is something that is probably in the pipeline for me for the second half of the year, something I'd like to flesh out a little bit more, but... I, re- I really like the idea of applying agile methodology to sales. Okay. And this idea of having cross-functional teams, you know, sales, marketing, uh, product and service teams, and everybody collaborating in sales sprints, you know, short bursts of, of activity. You know, okay, we're going to push this particular product or messaging. Uh, we're going to target this vertical or there's been some kind of trigger event in an industry or some, some piece of legislation. And we're all going to go around that. So then you've got You've got uh, marketing that are going out and putting certain messaging out through their email marketing, the social and so on. At the same time, you've got sales that are putting it out in the relevant channels, whether it's you know cold prospecting or reaching out to existing client base. And then what I like about that as well is because each sprint, essentially, you know, you can imagine this on a, on like a, hopefully I'm not losing you guys, but like a No, I love this idea. Like a Trello board where it's a, iterative process because at the end of each sprint you can have a a retrospective where you get together and you're going to have gathered a lot of feedback from the market this is particularly relevant for say SaaS companies where they may already be using agile in their dev teams Mm -hmm. and like i say that feed you know that feeds back each time so you're improving as i say the product how you're communicating that to the market I don't know. What, what do you guys think of that? I, I think that's a great idea. You often find companies, they, they want to hit all industries, all their targets. And, and actually, in a sense, what they start to do is lose focus. So to really hone in on one, to see it as a sprint, as you say, is brilliant. And you know, if it's successful, great, keep going. If not, you can move on to the next. You fail quickly and you will you'll ultimately win quickly but yeah i think that's great we'll we'll have to get you back on later in the year to to see how it's gone sure yeah and sort of tying back to what we were talking about before with some of the terrible sales outreach that's still prevalent and shouldn't be what do you think mark should stop in sales tomorrow if it was down to you how long have you got (laughs) laziness uh shortcuts I hope you're well, touching base. <laughs> um, 
the typical stuff, you know, that we all get. We all know it. Uh, kind regards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used kind regards for years, though, I must admit. I changed it to thanks. <laughs> just, it, yeah, just feels more natural. It's just how I would speak, you know. Yeah, laziness. That's, that's what it is, really, isn't it? I mean, it's... it's um, Perhaps just to go back to what we were talking about before, there's some people, and this applies not just in sales, but in many areas of life, some people just don't have a passion for self-improvement and continual development, continual improvement. It's not for everybody, but I think that in sales in particular, I love, I don't know if you know Brian Burns, he has the, uh, the, the Brutal Truth About Sales podcast, and you know he talks about how sales is performative, you know, like a sport or like a, a, music, a musician or a, a comedian, you know, it's something that it's a craft that you develop over time. And you, you might re- read a, a, book of, a, a book of jokes, for example. Do you know the jokes? You know the words, but it's in the, it's in the delivery. And that takes practice and time and, and uh, you know, iteration. I use that word again. If you think that you can just copy paste some email template that somebody posted on LinkedIn and that's going to give you sales success, then nah, it's not. It's really not. So yeah, uh, laziness, shortcuts. I'm, I'm going to just, I've got one foot on my soapbox. So I'm going to just take it off before I go. <laughs> <laughs> before I go yeah, keep, keep going. So, you know, for someone who just fell into sales, which actually, incidentally, I actually don't think we've had one person come on and said, you know, they planned to get into sales and that was their idea. So they, everyone seems to fall into it. So, you know, from having fallen into training and coaching and helping others now, what what is it? around sales that you're really passionate about and you know where do you see that taking sales the the tech stuff is very interesting the barrier to entry for you know tech adoption very broadly speaking is that barrier to entry is lowering which is giving you know smaller businesses access to 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 tools and to you know ways of doing business that previously may have been accessible only to larger corporates you know with ridiculous budgets so that's good uh, but I think that, um, you know, we, we've kind of alluded to some of this stuff, but I think that depending on how it's used and depending on how businesses adapt, um, sellers are really going to be forced to take on uh, this, this role, this mantle of trusted advisor. You know, this, this is, I suppose, something that I'm passionate about is people seeing what they do, you know, as I said, as a performative thing that you can improve upon, but as a profession as well. And part of that is it's approaching buyers and prospects as a peer, as an equal, right? Not as, oh, can I please have 15 minutes of your precious time? You know, <laughs> there's way different ways of achieving that. But, you know, it's about viewing yourself as a peer, as an equal, as a trusted advisor. Um, but I, I, what am I trying to say? I, I think that with, with, with tech becoming more broadly used, the AI, the automation and so on, and I, I kind of already said this earlier, but sellers are going to be forced to develop you know and to become true professionals yeah so i I think i think we're going to see a lot of attrition just just because there are going to be people that are unwilling or unable to to learn to adapt and to to really improve um i just wanted to share if you don't mind i just wanted to share with you as well um you know you asked me about what's going to have a big impact on sales for the future and there was it's a really interesting article. I, saw, I read it ages ago. I think it was from early 2020. And it was talking about B2B marketplaces and uh, e-commerce, that sort of thing. And there was a few statistics that I found really interesting. So Gartner predicted that by 2023, at least 70% of enterprise marketplaces launched will serve B2B transactions. And Forrester, they said that 
B2B, uh, B2B buyers, only sorry, only 38% of B2B buyers uh, now make purchases primarily through an enterprise account rep, right? So less wow. than half are buying through an account rep. And this was, I mean, this was early COVID times. So, uh, you know, I don't know how this has changed, if the, how that number is, if it's gone up or down. But again, it, it suggests that where, where available and where possible, a lot of buyers are just going to want to do what they would do in their personal life, go on Amazon, right? Because it's easy. And if, if, if there's more of these B2B marketplaces that are, that are popping up, um, self-serve, I, I don't know. I think, yeah, I, th I think we, uh, we really do need to, <laughs> we do need to scale up and we need to continually look for ways of, of adding value and of helping buyers view a conversation with us as being inherently valuable, right? Regardless of whether or not they do business with us, they should need, you, you want them to come to us because they perceive us as being able to offer insights and, you know, challenge their, their way of doing things in, in a positive way that will help them in their business. Yeah, amazing. Uh, and and actually that that touches on kind of both ends of the spectrum, right? So you've got as you you talking about, you know, relationships, adding value, so that human side and then at the other side the AI and the tech that could potentially automate it or make things a bit easier. So yeah, awesome. Thank you. And then I guess finally is is there anything any other burning topic or perhaps you could tell us a bit about some of the sessions that that you do and if where people can find you if they want to get in touch? Yeah, well, you can find me on, on LinkedIn. That's really my hub for now. Connect with me on there for sure. So I have been doing, I've been doing LinkedIn lives. I'm actually going to stop that because I'm going to copy you guys and I'm going to do a podcast. Uh, so awesome. um, it's going to be called the Bang On Sales Show. <laughs> oh, that. fantastic. Yeah, yeah. After much deliberation of what to call it and whether should I you know, use my name as some kind of gimmick, I thought, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. So bang on, bang on sales show. So um, gonna, I'm just working on some of the branding, you know, getting things uh, in order there. And that will be launching over the next, uh, the next few weeks. I would so, uh, yeah, follow, connect with me on LinkedIn and then you'll see some posts about it there. Great stuff. Thanks so much for joining us today, Mark. And as ever, to our listeners, don't forget to follow us. Don't forget to leave us a review. Tell us what you think of the podcast. Tell your friends, tell your colleagues. And we'll see you on the next show.